You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. Greetings, everybody. How are you doing this fine day, afternoon? Well, you know what? It's not actually not fine, okay? How are you doing today? <laughs> That's maybe a better better question. But, um, you know, we're all we're all just, just putting one foot in front of the other these days, right? Um, there's so much going on. But I hope that this... This podcast, this conversation is able to give you some, uh, you know, relief, some reprieve over uh, all of the the chaos that uh, is enveloping us from our world to the pandemic to the systematic racism, like just, there's just a lot going on. So um, yes, use use this as, as solace and comfort in the world of independent music, because that world has clearly been upended in so many ways. Like... Well, I'll talk about that more in a minute, but we need to talk about our guest. Our guest is Corey Kaufman from Gleamer. And if you have not listened to Gleamer, you are doing yourself a disservice. This is a spectacular band, you know, shoegazy, erythral, dream pop, whatever you want to call it. It has that vibe. And I fell in love with them. The mo- Like, you know those records you just listen to and one song into it, you're like, oh, so I'm going to be listening to this for the rest of my life. That's exactly what Gleamer is to me. And I think that they are, uh, you know, a really, really talented band at what they do. And uh, I just, I don't know, I just, I'm, I'm really, really taken by them. Um, and their newest record, Down Through, is, uh, man, it's a, it's a work of art. I love it. So I had to have Corey on the show because, uh, you know, part of my job here at the podcast is to make sure that you are keyed into good music and good bands that are doing the thing. And uh, they are. They've put out two full lengths, and you know they're just they're they're a great band. So I had to have Corey on, and that's what we did. But uh, can I ask you for a favor, please? So rate and review the show wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Apple Podcasts, you know Stitcher, any of those other platforms that have ratings. Please do that. But the most important thing: spread the word where you can to your friends. Anybody that cares about music, I want to listen to this show. It isn't so much about me trying to get the, I want the biggest music podcast around. No, that's not. I have no illusions of grandeur in regards to that. This show is meant for a very specific group of people, but I want to make sure that those people are hearing it. So yeah, tell your friends, spread it on social media, do what you need to. Um, You know, I would appreciate that. And you can always email the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. I am getting a little bit better in responding as of late, but uh, yeah, hit me up because I love to have the dialogue with people, um, whether it's like them asking me to be on their podcast, whether it's, you know, contributing other ideas in regards to guests, like whatever it is, I love to have that direct communication because realistically, podcasting is a weird and isolating medium. And when you're able to kind of reach across the barrier and be like, hey, I'm a fan of what you do and here's some ideas. I love to have that feedback. So anyways, I was noticing that, uh, you know, uh, other countries are, uh, you know, have progressed with this uh, the battle against the coronavirus in so many different ways. And, uh, I, you know, I'm seeing like, I think in Korea, they're able to do uh, some live events and just seeing live events returning in whatever way, shape or form they are returning. Um, you know, I know I've obviously seen a lot of like drive-in concerts and, you know, live streams are plenty, but just the idea of being, you know, going into a small room and having that communal experience, like, my gosh, I mean, same thing about movies. Like I just, there's something that is a part of me that, that misses that greatly. And, uh, I, I know I'm kind of repeating a lot of sentiments that, uh, you know, your friends, other people who are involved in the music community also say, but, uh. Yeah, I just, uh, I can't wait to get back to that, so. But anyways, 
here's Corey. He was a great conversation. And like I said, listen to Gleamer because they are a great band and uh, you need to be paying attention to them. So here's Corey and I will talk to you at the end of the episode. Us being label mates, uh, I was, you know, aware aware of the band once. Uh, Dude, Taken Sick, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> wait, wait. Have you been, were you in the band like back in the day? Yeah, yeah. No, th- this was my uh, my high school project. And then, yeah, we wait. just, you know, yeah. Are, yeah. Wait, what, what's your role in the band? I am the lead screamer, as it were. Are you for real, bro? I listened to, <laughs> I listened through the first or like most of the first record last night. It's so cool. <laughs> It's it's a lot, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I appreciate I, you I saying that. I fuck with it. It's got Thanks, like, man. Do you, did you like slint? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did not that was not on our radar as we were writing, but like the guitar stuff, definitely I can see where you're coming from. Dude, it's like it had a lot of that vibe to me. And I just like kind of found out and got into that band because of this YouTube documentary. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh, this is like hitting some of the same chords for me." And then the newer stuff is like more aggressive in a really cool way but well but yeah it's sick yeah i appreciate that um and so i i would like i mean i remember when uh because i mean i've known tom and jesse since they were like you know five years old um wait really well yeah that's i mean i i've known them (laughs) for i mean tom i met in like the early 2000s and then jesse uh, you know, Jesse obviously used to go to kind of, you know, taken shows when we were originally playing, but then I, I signed stick to your guns to a record label I worked at and stuff. And so, what? Um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. I had no idea. That's so cool. Yep, for sure. But, um, so once they started to, you know, work with you and they were excited about, uh, you know, Gleamer and, and signing you guys and stuff like that, I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, and I really like the stuff, but it was funny and I'm sure I'm not the only person to have done this. I always got you guys confused with uh, Glitterer. Which bro, bro. I've, I know. That was, he was, f- I've had this name five years before he named I know, that band. I know. <laughs> and it's so, it, it, I fully attribute it to myself as being like an old guy mistake of just like, oh, Gleamer Glitterer. It's like, oh gosh, what's wrong you with me? You know, I, I'll take it though. Like Ned Russin's a G. Like that's like pretty i mean you know like yeah. if anyone's gonna get us mixed up it's like at least it's like something else that's cool that's true <laughs> no that's that's actually very true where it's like yeah. even if people accidentally listen to one or the other thinking it is the other band that it's not yeah. this like you know like whatever like some terrible new metal band or something like that. right yeah. yeah that's a good point i didn't i didn't realize that I um but the you know something that you've kind of mentioned in like previous interviews and you know previous press that you've done is that, you know, you like the ability for people to kind of discover your band, where it's like the idea of, you know, whatever, uh, you didn't use these words, but I, I'm using them just like the, you know, over-marketing of a band where it's like, you know, you feel it's kind of like forced down your throat. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you want people to be able to arrive to your music kind of at the quote unquote right time. Um you know, do you like, do you still kind of feel that way? Do you feel, um, you know, uh, I guess different about that or where where does that sit in your head now? Damn. I mean, I don't know. Like music discovery is like, like to me, music is like this, like, I say this, I think I, I 
try to live by it, but music is like this like holy thing. And like, I, I don't like, I don't like to try to control it. I feel like anytime that I've exerted myself over music, it has turned out poorly. Like I've either written a bad song or I've helped someone else write a bad song or I've, you know, and, and so I feel that, um, like discovery is, is paramount to the reception of music. I think that like, you know, like I almost only listen to bands based on like, who's telling me to listen to them. You know, it's like, Oh, this guy, like I fuck with this guy. Like he, he knows what I like. I'll check this out. And, and I think that like self-discovery is kind of like another layer of that where you're like, I like the idea of like feeling like I found a band that like, it's like this snippet in time that like you're like almost getting to peek into something that like isn't yours. And it's like, like I felt that way about that slint documentary that I watched recently. I was like, dude, I'm like, this is like these people's lives. And like, I love, like, I love feeling like it was kind of my discovery, whether or not, you know, it was placed there. Um, intentionally by someone else is hard to say, but I, I like to try to like maintain that, like I maybe illusion, but like, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think if people like fuck with us and, and want to listen and like they find it on their own, I think that's kind of the coolest way to like garner a fan base over time. You know, it's slower, but I don't know. It's kind of tight to me. Yeah. No, I, I see exactly what you're saying because like when you do have this real, um, you know, discovery uh, process, whether it's, you know, like you said, you're just using your friends to be able to recommend music or, you know, you're just doing random YouTube dives or whatever the case yeah. may be. But like you do feel like I, you mentioning Slint and having that discovery, like I, this was probably, I want to say last year for myself personally, there's this ambient uh, artist named William, William Bazinski. And he dude, did, dude, love him. I like I and I felt so like this is a style of music that I you know generally pay attention to and I had never heard of him prior and then I was like oh uh-huh. he did this you know this amazing pro you know the disintegration tapes and whatever yeah but I just felt I was like for a week that was like all I could think about <laughs> and yeah and, and to your point it's like you know even though you you know you yourself just discovered Slint and obviously they are a band that no longer exists like but still having that relationship with it, it's, I don't know. It's just, I really like that. Uh, you're hitting the nail on the head as far as I'm concerned, where it's just like when you find something and then you just hold on to it, even, no matter at what point you discovered this band, whether they exist yeah. or whether they don't exist, it's just, it's so, uh, yeah, it's, it's very intimate. It invades your world for a time. It becomes like your, it's, it's like your lens, you know? And like, I think that like music is so like, it's dangerous to look directly at music and to be like, analyze it and like, look at it and be like, what is this thing doing for me? What's this hype band sound like? Who do they sound like? Whatever. I think it's like music is music when you, when you use it as something to look through, you know, it's like, Oh, like this, I'm, I'm driving my car and like this song is playing and I'm, I, I am thinking about, this other thing, <laughs> you know, I'm not thinking about like how much money this band spent on this record or like their upcoming tours, which is, it's funny working in music. You get, it, it's like, I have to like try to keep myself in check with that. But I think that like that, 
that like lens is like you know that's what makes a band such like a such a cool part of your life or whatever and why we tag like seasons of our lives to different artists and like why you end up relating to other people about it I feel yeah no that's a really I and not knowing you before at all, besides the music that you've put out, like you have this real, um, and honestly, whatever we've talked for 10 minutes, but you have this real like metaphysical air about you. And I mean that in a compli- <laughs> where it's like, it, it seems like you would have been raised in like, you know, uh, whatever, Northern California and Santa Cruz and like super in touch with nature and like all of this stuff. And maybe I'm just like, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it sounds like you're really, um, I guess in touch with that sort of uh, maybe side of your life. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think I definitely wasn't raised in Santa Cruz. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. I, I went there once. We played a show there once. It was it was tight. Um, I don't know. I just I, I I guess I just I I feel like the stuff that we can't see is like the the stuff that matters most of the time. So I, I try to like. And I think most of my discovery has been figuring out that I don't really understand most things and kind of just being okay with that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I like, that's, that's the stuff in the world that's interesting to me, you know, is like, why, why do I feel this way? And like, that's sort of what drew me to music in the first place is just exploring, like, I guess, like the stuff that I couldn't explain, you know what I mean? With words. And it was like, why? Even it was like a kid, it's like I would attribute all of these feelings with like these images in my head and feel like I I didn't I I didn't disregard them. But it was like nobody ever like talked about that. And I was like, oh, like arts and like, well, not even just art, honestly, like anybody can like I feel like define themselves through whatever they do. Um, Like somebody who like makes boats probably gets the same joy that I get out of making a song. Um, but it's sort of just like, I don't know, just recognizing that that part of, of yourself as a human is real and is like worth, um, diving into, you know? Cause it's like, it's like the one thing that isn't, isn't tangible, but I think it's like maybe the most important, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, cause it, and it, it's incredibly difficult to articulate as well. Like you, yeah. you can, you can talk about a feeling until you're blue in the face but someone is not going to be able to identify with it unless they've had that feeling in some way, shape or form. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like a communicational barrier that like, I'm glad exists because it forces us to like exert ourselves in other directions. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's cool. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, well, kind of focusing on you as a person, the, uh, like you mentioned, you were not born and raised in Santa Cruz, which I knew that, but you were, (laughs) so were you, were you born and raised in Colorado or where did you come up? Dude? Yeah. I'm actually in the house I grew up in right now. Amazing. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I grew up in Loveland, um, my, until I was 18 and then I moved to Phoenix for eight months to do like a audio engineering school. And then um, I was kind of like the kid around town that recorded, you know, like my friend's bands and played guitar in another band. And then um, moved to New York um, for like a couple years to pursue audio engineering and was just working in studios. And that was where I um, sort of started writing my own music. Um, And then after, yeah, a couple of years there, I was like, man, I like Colorado 
lot more than New York. Um, and I didn't really want to continue working at the studio that I was at. And so I was like, I'm going to go home and like, you know, get a job and play in my band. Cause I feel like I've for the first time in my life been able to like express myself this way. I loved so much music and I feel like I came up around a lot of very talented musicians and um, that was sort of the reason why I never created anything was because I was like afraid of getting like, I, I didn't want to make something for, for the sake of not being judged. You know what I mean? I think I said that right. I didn't want to be judged based on what I made. Right. You were nervous. Um, you were nervous about putting it out there. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I came up around, you know, the people I was in a, in bands with were generally like about five years older than me. And I was, sort of just a guitar player and I, I found creativity in in engineering which I love and I'm finding all new stuff about now in my life um but it's I didn't feel like I could ever be in my own project because I didn't want people to like hear me I didn't want to be like judged you know I was afraid of that and I think moving away and not to New York in particular but just for me like getting away from um, any community and just having no friends and being like, okay, damn, like, what do I fuck with? Like, nobody yeah, cares. What do I, like, right, what do I do here? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh yeah. It's like, what do I like? And, and that was when I started to find like really, um, I, I expanded a lot musically in that, at that time. I, like my friend Jack, he, he does all of our album artwork. He's been my best friend since I was like 14. I couldn't say enough good things about him, but he, when I was living in New York, he was in Colorado and, um, we would just, we had this Dropbox and we would just share albums with each other. And I remember he sent me, um, grouper. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with grouper. Yep. Um, and then this band called have a nice life. And, um, they had this album called death consciousness from like 2008, I think. It's a such, such an incredible, such an incredible record. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fucking awesome. But yeah, I had never, like, I guess I had started to get into some more experimental stuff, um, but a lot of my musicality was grounded in, in excellent musicians. You know, I, I really loved like Radiohead and Elliot Smith through high school and still incredibly formative for me now. But um, it was almost a bar that was too high. And um, I, I started to scratch on like Guided by Voices and Grouper and Have a Nice Life and these different bands like that. Um, I remember finding like nothing when they like put out their first EP and I was like, Whoa, like I didn't know this music is it. could like, yeah, this is, this is cool. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know I was allowed to like sound bad, but still be good, you know? And like, I was like, Oh, this is like, it's like, this means like, like that song, um, the big gloom, like was my most played song on iTunes for like four years. And I was like, dude, like I, I, I didn't, I didn't know I was allowed to like just do literally whatever like I was like okay I can just make anything as long as I'm paying attention to the emotion of it and how I feel and and so then I was kind of like damn like this music sounds like psycho it sounds like I'm underwater there's like so many like just because people are doing whatever and I was like maybe that means I can and so you know um kind of started to toil with the idea of like writing music just because I felt so like 
it's just because I loved it so much. Yeah, you know? yeah. it was like I, it was like I want to play too. Like, right, you had the kind of thing. You got the you had you know in your head you were able to get the permission to allow yourself to be uh, you know experimental in whatever it is you wanted to do. So I get that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And and I, I don't know. It's like I, I think I felt freed from trying to be cool. I think I felt like I could finally like. I get like emotional thinking about it because I felt like and and I I try to express this to everyone I am at least close with musically. And I really try to encourage people that I know that don't even really understand music or have didn't come up playing music to like try because it's like or at least try creativity because it's it's not like exclusive, you know, and I think that like I think that like coming to that realization that it, it's not about being cool and it's not about experience. It's about like just being able to like, like open yourself up to the world and like be a part of this and like exactly how you are and your tendencies, no matter how bizarre they may be, like are going to be worth something to someone else. Like that feels like you do, you know? And like sort of like tapping into that was, I was like, dude, this is like, like music is like so different than I thought it was when yeah. I was like trying to learn like white stripe songs, you know, this is like, <laughs> sure. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that. No. And like, you know, that's you a whole start somewhere. language too. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that might even be like the whole point for some people, but it's like, I, I, for me, it was just always very like that turning point was kind of like more important than anything I learned, you know, as far as like, skills <laughs> i think just kind of learning to to be open about that band merch is incredibly important to me i just mm-hmm. ordered a ton of stuff from rockabilia recently and i'm excited because it's in transit right now i got the shipping notifications all that stuff you need to use this code pc 100 words gets you 15 percent off your order trust me in saying that they will have something for you i encourage you to go to rockabilia.com browse their half a million items that are available. They've got puzzles, they've got hoodies, they've got shirts, they got posters, whatever you need from a band paraphernalia perspective, they have. It's quick shipping, independently owned, officially licensed band merch, so that means the bands get paid and it's high quality stuff. You're not seeing one of these uh, you know, horrible you wash it once and then all of a sudden all the uh, ink from the silk screen is gone and then you're just you're you're bummed and you have a blank t-shirt and Rockabilia does not roll that way. They are a incredible business. It's been around for 20 plus years and I just, I love supporting them. I mean, they support the show, but I just love supporting them because they are such a, a real tried and true professional business that knows what they are doing, you know? And frankly, there's not very many out there that, you know, are of the same standard as Rockabilly as far as I'm concerned. So visit rockabilly.com, use the code PC100Words, 15% off your order. Boom. Yeah. No, that's that that that's awesome. That's very um, yeah. That it, it, it's very insightful about the you know progress because usually, you know, people like as they start to you know develop their own musical vocabulary that's separate from their parents. Uh, you know, you just start to do things like you're not. It's very reactive as opposed to like being thoughtful about it. And it isn't until you actually get presented with the idea <clears throat> of creating your own stuff and be like, well, what is it that I want to sound like? And, you know, usually it it, like when you're younger, it's just like, oh, yeah, I want to rip off these five bands. And then, you know, it isn't until you get I mean, you know, maybe as you get older, 
the bands that you want to rip off are more obscure <laughs> and then you have this like, <laughs> so like maybe that's the thing but at the same same notion that idea exists um you know kind of throughout your life where it's just like oh now i have the permission to be like you said as weird as you want and um I, i'm gonna i'm gonna guess too that like you know as you were growing up in in colorado because loveland is it's outside colorado springs correct or is that's like the closest we're well it's closer to denver we're like okay. an hour we're an hour north of denver Oh, okay. That's right. I'd, yeah, I, I, I toured through there many times. There's but like, a, there's another there. Loveland. There's like a Loveland Pass where like everybody goes to ski. But ah, yeah, it, it gets confusing. It. This is like the flat, right. rural Loveland. <laughs> this is the the non-ski country one. Okay. Yeah, got it. it's not like a fancy town. Right. So you were close enough in proximity. So that's essentially kind of on the way to Wyoming as well. Yes. Yeah. We're oh. we're really close to Wyoming actually. Got it. So then you go visit Taco John's in uh, Cheyenne all the time. <laughs> Dude, we got our own Taco John's. Oh, dang. Here. Dude, that's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> that's uh, funny. I'm gonna, so I'm going to guess that like your, uh, your upbringing in, I mean, because Loveland, for, I mean, passing through there is, you know, just sub- suburban life, obviously with a rural backdrop. Um, mm-hmm. was, so what, what was your kind of experience, you know, growing up? Like was your, you know, mom and dad in the house, brothers and sisters? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, my my childhood was pretty normal. Um, I I feel like I I was always pretty quiet and in my head, but I mean, I feel like that's like literally sixty percent of the population. Um, but yeah, it's it's it was just my parents. Um, they moved here from Missouri. That's where like all my family's from. And then my sit my older sister, um, and she's three years older than me. Yeah, and it was basically just like, you know, like. <laughs> pretty drama free for the most part uh which is funny because i feel like i write about a lot of drama but maybe that's because my life wasn't that exciting to me um but you know it was like it was cool i grew up really like around i had like you know a group of like friends and my house this basement i'm in right now is kind of the one where everybody would come over and we'd watch movies and like sort of like it, I, I was in a circle that was very like <laughs> critical in kind of a bad way in that we were like almost challenging each other to like be interested in more and more obscure things, you know, uh, which I think fed probably my fear to create. But at the end of the day, it exposed me to a lot. Um, you know, we were trying to watch like, you know, in fif- at like 15, trying to watch all of the best movies ever made and like the best records we could find and like trying to like, I don't know, it was potentially because the town is is sort of um I I think maybe people in smaller towns feel this way um and people in larger towns probably reciprocate similar feelings just for um the rural side of things but it's it's like we almost like had like a a desire to like see what else was out there and it was sort of like let's I want to explore like as much music as possible because I I feel like I'm from Loveland and Loveland sucks (laughs) you know what I mean to an extent sure yeah. Um, so it was sort of like, how do we, how do we push ourselves out of that? Um, yeah. And that was like, music was kind of just what I ended. Like I, I was really into drawing for like the first half of my life. I just drew like cartoons all the time. And then I, and then I like tried to make movies for like years in middle school. I, I think I always, I don't know why, but I, well, you know, I think I just didn't feel like I could ever express myself verbally to people. And so, so you got to try was, these different mediums. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. It was like, what, what's the medium that I can like, I can show this to my dad and be like, this is who I am, dad. Like, I want you to understand, you know, as opposed right. to like saying it. Cause that was like, 
I don't know. Like I said, I was, I was like super, super shy growing up. Like I wouldn't talk to anyone. And so it was kind of like until like, you know, like ninth grade, I started to like open up a little bit, but, um, but yeah, what, I was what sort, of, sort of searching for that. Right. Right. What sort of, uh, what sort of cartoons? Cause I, I love the notion of like, I mean, I think most kids, like as they start to you know, figure out that they might have some artistic proclivity in drawing. Like, you know, usually uh-huh. you're just drawing your favorite, you know, like, oh, I want to draw Garfield or whatever. Yeah. Um, so what were you like drawing and what were you attempting to, you know, create? Bro, I would draw like, I would just draw like monsters. I drew like nice. just all the craziest creatures, stuff from video games. I draw Master Chief, Star Wars, Great. Spider-Man. Okay. I made a comic book about a, a cow. Um, <laughs> sounds, like, that sounds incredible. It was, like, it was like a cow superhero. Cause I could draw cows. Like I figured out like my recipe for cows right. and I could draw them from multiple angles. So I was like, yo, <laughs> yeah, I have to like, it's funny. My parents actually still have them. They're like, they like make no sense. Like looking back, at them, I'm like, dude, what, so what good. was my plot? Yeah. But you know, just, uh, it was just kind of like, whatever. I just like, yeah. I feel like that that was like how I felt like I could be heard, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And so then, you know, as you started to, you know, like you said, open up a little bit more in high school and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to presume that music started to kind of infiltrate your life at around that time, um, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe a little bit before that. Uh, you know, so I guess what was kind of your, your initial touch points for not only music at large, but kind of like maybe the more independent minded stuff that you obviously are now doing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I got, um, I really got into playing guitar in like seventh grade because like seventh, eighth grade. Cause I, um, my dad had a laptop from his work that had audacity on it, which is like a free recording software that I think I'm pretty sure still exists. Yep. For um, sure. And it was like, he taught me how to play like just power chords. Like I learned, I learned like potentially the opposite of what people would say you should do. But like, like I didn't know how to play like a G chord until I'd been playing guitar for like over a year. Cause I would just wanted to play stuff. I thought sounded cool. I was like, I don't care about like that. I want I wanted that. So I learned how to play a rise against song. And I was like, dude, this is like the coolest I've ever felt in my life. And then so I would make like little like loops of myself playing guitar. Like I would write like a little metal riff and I would just listen to it was just guitar. And I would listen to that like when I played like Halo and stuff. And I was like, dude, this is so cool. (laughs) Right. And so I kind of got into like, you know, I was into like what I feel like seventh and eighth graders are into at least were into when I was in seventh and eighth grade, which is like. Under Oath was probably my favorite band on earth. Um, and then I like transitioned into like classic rock. I was like, I saw school of rock and I was like, okay, Led Zeppelin's cool now. And then like got all into that. And then like started to transition into more current artists. I got like, it's funny. I got really into like Wilco in ninth grade. Um, and started to like, you know, try to push myself to get into new stuff and like, it sort of just snowballed from there with like the friends that I made because of that interest. And it was like, and then we all just kind of were like, have you heard this? Well, have you heard this? And it sort of like yeah, compounded into kind of everything. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's the self-perpetuating thing where it's just like, okay, yeah. this is, this is my metal friend. So he's going to show me yeah. you know, Slayer and Sepultura, but then I'm going to show him, you know, these other things that are obviously not that. So, but yeah. no, I, I love that. I love that. 
It's like you're like leveling up. You're trying to like gain as much like XP as possible so you can like know more. It was like, yep. I don't know. It's a funny like teenage thing to do, but it's it cool. You know, I'm down. Yeah. Well, and especially too, there, there's always that, uh, you know, notion of like, oh, have you heard that band? And then you're like, oh yeah, I totally have. And you totally haven't. And then you have yeah. to, <laughs> and then you're like, wait, damn it, dude. Nine Inch Nails. I've heard of the name, but I don't know. Like, right. and then you just feel like, and, and then once you actually look into it and you're like, oh my gosh, I've missed like 14 years and like 16 records. Like you just right. feel, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, then you do the homework and then you act like you're a Trent Reznor super fan. It's cool. <laughs> it's funny, man. Yeah. I still, I've like tried to, at this point in my life, just, it's like, dog, I do not know that. Like, I will get into that if you show me where to start. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. So like, but it's all timing. And I think it comes back to that discovery thing. And I don't know. It is important to stay open as you grow, though. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And like you said, too, the you know, sometimes you might listen to something, you know, quote unquote, too early and your musical brain is not even ready to comprehend what Dude. you're listening to. And you're just like, oh, this stinks. And then, you know, yeah. two, two years later, you're like, oh, wait, I was wrong. This like, I suck. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I wasn't ready for that. Dude, like, do you know the band Yuck? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so their first LP is like, they had a different singer for that, and a lot of the songwriting is different. Um, They're kind of a different band, IMO. But like that first record is like probably top five albums of all time for me. And I remember specifically my friend Blake in Arizona showing me the last song on that on that record is called Rubber, and they did a live version of that song for like I think it was for Pitchfork or something on like a rooftop. This is like two thousand. This must have been two thousand eleven, and they um, they play it like twenty BPM slower, and it's like it's like fifteen minutes long. And I like <laughs> it's so funny because he showed this to me and I didn't even register it. And then I showed it to him like a year and a half later. And I was like, bro, do you know this? And he was like, he was like, dog, I showed that to you a year and a half ago. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, Whoops. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> but that was like one of the most vivid times that's happened to me because I was like, oh, dang, it really is about like where I'm at, <laughs> which is funny. Yep. No, for sure. That's super funny. I'm excited to tell you about a new release from a band called Avatar coming out at E1 on August 7th. The record is called Hunter Gatherer. So you can, you know, go quickly pre-save that on any, uh, you know, streaming platform of your choice. But uh, the band got keyed into me and I, I, I watched a video. I streamed their music. It was one of those things where I had never heard of them before, frankly. And after kind of uh, getting to know them a little bit, I was like, these dudes are going for it. Like, it, you know, it's very theatrical. It's heavy. It's got a lot of stuff going on. But I mean that in a good way. Like, let me just sample a little bit of the music for you and you can kind of, you know, get a feel for it. So here it is. The song is called Silence in the Age of Apes. It's off this upcoming record of theirs. So check it out and I'll come right back. pretty crazy right like i said they just uh yeah they, they throw everything at you and they're dudes in their mid-20s like they've been doing this for a while but they have such a clear and concise vision for what they want to do musically so again the band is called avatar their record is called hunter gatherer comes out august 7th so pre-save it now pre-order it do whatever it is that you need to do to support this band 
Visit avatarmetal.com for all of that information. Okay. Thank you very much, Ewan. Um, and so it's, it sounds like you're, you know, as you started to develop your music vocabulary, and like you mentioned earlier, you were the guy that started to, you know, record all your friends' bands and stuff like that. It sounded like you were always pretty focused on the idea of being, you know, kind of the recording guy, as it were, and, you know, developing your chops there. And then, like, I know that you mentioned previously, too, that you went to Arizona to do, like, you know, sort of an eight-month immersion project (laughs) into Mm -hmm. the recording arts. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to presume that was, like, as you started to develop that, uh, that was kind of your your life path, as it were? Yeah, I I think so. I think that recording music has always been more interesting to me, perhaps maybe for only that it's less terrifying than performing um I, I always felt like if i could record my music and i could control how it sounded then i could really say what i want to say and if i was you know i don't i don't um i don't know i think that that has always just been like the sickest thing ever to me to be able to make this permanent thing out of nothing that someone can like take and hear it and it's going to be the same thing I gave them and be like but they'll be in a totally different place and like yeah I've sort of like th- that whole side of things is its own like beautiful language to me that couples with the songwriting and performance aspect of everything that um I don't know it's something that I don't think you know I I engineer full time and produce full time but the cool thing about it is that it's it's always going to be something that to some degree eludes me it's just like beautiful and it's just magic and like when you get the right people together and like you push really hard and like we make something together it's like I don't know even down to just like the tiniest things like I love like turning the tremolo knob on like a fender princeton like that's like its own like song to me you know it's like that that shit is like just like it's so there's so much there's so much gear there's so many people doing it there's so many ways to express it it's just like it's something that i don't think i'll ever get to the bottom of and i think the sooner i just like submit to that the better of an engineer i become you know and it's sort of I don't know. It's just like a, it's like a lifelong thing to me. It's just a really like that side of everything, regardless of even my own band. It's like, like that is going to live (laughs) forever. And I, I love that. Like, I love just being able to be a part of that, you know? Sure. Yeah. And you're never going to be perfect at it. You'll be competent. Yeah. yeah. You'll be competent enough to, you know, get all, you know, turn all the knobs and do all the nuts and bolts stuff. But then, you know, there's never going to be that, uh, that perfection because there's always going to be all of these elements. But then, you know, sometimes, yeah. like you said, you're able to harness it and be like, Oh wow. Like that was a really cool record for these reasons. Yeah. And and like that perfection in and of itself, I think is, is as weird as it may sound, it's like perfection is like possible all the time in making a record. As long as you're willing to submit to the record, as long as like I put my ego aside, everybody in the band can put their ego aside and we can just like, it's like, yo, what is this record like? Where's your voice record? You know, like, what do you want to sound like? Like, and if you can like learn to listen to that, I think like that's like that's how you make stuff that affects people. And it might hit people at the wrong time, and some people might not fuck with it. But like, other people are gonna like 
it's going to open the door for them, you know? Yeah. And I just, I love that. That's like, it's so like humbling to like be able to, I don't know, just even be around that, you know? Yeah. No, it's inspiring. I totally get that. Um, and like you mentioned when, you know, you were in New York city and you were, you know, putting the ideas together of what obviously Gleamer would become. Um, it's so funny to think about and hear the idea of you being in one of the largest cities in, you know, what a, a cultural hub for the entire world. <laughs> and then you're like, you know what? I can't find any people I'm vibing with. I'm going to move back to Loveland, Colorado. Like that's a, you know, that's a weird notion. I, I, and I'm sure Bro. you understand that, but <laughs> <laughs> it is weird, man. I don't know. I think like when it's, when it, it I, I'm glad I did it. Sure. I, I think like, my my like one of my great friends to this day his name is matt roberts he he was like he actually one of the songs on our new record take he actually wrote um like we kind of collaborated on that back in the day in like 2012 um but he he's he's married now he's not in the band anymore um has kids his family's awesome i'm still like super tight with him but um he was like a huge reason for that. You know, he was, um, I, I had sent him some of the very first Gleamer stuff and, um, he collaborated on it with me and like sort of helped, you know, he was like that encouraging voice to me to be like, yo dude, like this is sick. Like you can have a band, you can do this. And so I think that that, you know, I, I talked with him on the phone all the time when I was in New York and I made connections there and, um, made some good friends and like worked with some really, well, <laughs> worked for some really cool people and um, I, I think it was just sort of like, you know, where the heart is, is where I wanted to go. And I was like, Matt gets it like more than anyone. So I'd rather go home and like work a normal job and, and try to do this, try to write music and express myself with someone that I feel like understands me. And that, that was like kind of the trump card for me. It was like, well, you know, I could do anything else here. I could keep working in the studio or like I could try to reset and just pursue this band. And I think that that, that feeling was like enough, you know, for, to kind of outweigh any of the benefits of, of staying there, you know? Sure. Well, uh, like you said, the idea that you already had this, this real deep connective tissue with the person and mm -hmm. you know, you're just like, well, it's there and that person's there. So of course I'm going to be there. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't need to continue to search it out when I already know that it exists somewhere else. Yeah, and it, maybe it took me not being there to, to really know, but, you know, I was like, well, maybe that made it even easier because I was like, well, I'm in New York and I can't even find this here, so <laughs> sure. I might as well. Go. I guess I realized how rare that was, you know. <laughs> I got I got really lucky that this person <laughs> I really yeah. vibe well with was in my hometown. Like, that's yeah, great. It's like, yeah, it's actually insane. Like, I mean, it's so rare to, like, that's such a hard thing to connect with, especially as, like, a young songwriter. It's very difficult to, like open up with anyone so you know yeah no i totally get that um th this is more a sort of uh, sort of an observation rather than uh you know a specific question per se but you know gleamer is such an interesting thing to me as well because you know you you've been active since you know to, for whatever close to 10 years that the band has existed in you know some iteration um you know but it, it seems like you were still in this like you know Oh, like people that that just have found out about you wouldn't maybe have the knowledge of the fact that you've existed for close to 10 years, you know, and like you're this kind of like best kept secret yet 
on the flip side, there are, you know, it's like to get a million streams on Spotify is not easy. So it's like, you're in this weird world that I can't really honestly wrap my head around where it's like, you're, you're big enough to where people are like clearly fans of what you do. But then there's also this weird discovery process where people are like Gleamer, like, I don't, I think I've heard of them, you know? Um, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know, like I said, it's more of an observation and I'm sure, you know, you have some, some, uh, thoughts in regards to how people, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, attach themselves to your band because it, it's weird to be in kind of both of those worlds, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's funny. I, I like, <laughs> like the whole time I've and you know the first phase of the band was really with Matt and then second phase of the band like anymore and the newest record down through have been with me and Charlie um it, it's like the the goal you know has always been just like I think music's sick I really like guitars I really like emotional things and I'm really drawn to certain melodies and so I want to like the, I just wanted to like make more of that, you know. And it was that was always the point the whole time. I like have a slight aversion. I think that is the negative term. I kind of don't prefer to play live, you know. I, I really just like to make songs, and that's sort of been. Um, there's amazing, amazing things about shows, and we've played some like we've got we've been fortunate enough to play some really cool tours with with great people. Um, and I've had amazing times doing that, but, um, the, the center of it all has just been like, you know, like, what do I think is sick right now? Like I want, I, I feel it was, it was like eating. It was like, I'm kind of borrowing a quote from Mark Kozilek, but like he said, like when you, when he wants to write a song, he's just like, it's like, he's hungry and he's just like, Oh, I should go get some food. It's like that. It was like that for me, you know, it's kind of just like, Oh, like let's do it now. Let's go. Like, I like doing this. Sure. And so, so the, the fan base, you know, we've never even really tried to be anything other than like, I I don't, I don't know. It's like, we'll get, we'll get slated as like a a shoegaze band, which I I don't, especially now I don't really think we sound like that. Um, or whatever people like want to call us, which I think is cool. I think it's fun that we get tossed around in kind of different circles and, um, but I think that also results in, in uh, potentially an unclear and odd fan base because we've kind of grown in this direction that's sort of like, you know, it, it just is kind of specific to us. It's just, you know, it's me and right now it's me and Charlie, you know, that's that's kind of who we are. That's kind of what we sound like if you were to put our hearts on on a song, you know. And, and so I think some people it's like. I don't know. Some people really fuck with it. And I think that's amazing. Like I, I couldn't like, that's what causes me to encourage everyone else to try to just be themselves and be as honest as possible in what they're making. Cause you know, there's regardless of how long it takes, you know, like we've been, I've, this has been my project for a really long time. Kind of, I mean, not compared to some people, but like, I feel like it, you know, the people will find it eventually if it's, if it's real. And some people's favorite record is like still our, like the first record I made in 2013. <laughs> and I like, I do not like that music now, sure. but I'll never take it off Bandcamp Cause I'm like, dog, that was, that's what I did. That was me right then. You <laughs> right. know, like that's cool. Yeah. No, so I, I don't know. I don't yeah. Know if that, I, I, I know helps. that there's, yeah, I know that there's not a clean answer for that. Cause it, it's, <laughs> it, but it, I mean, it, 
like I said, there are very rare instances where I'm able to kind of like see both of those things exist alongside of each other where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it ha- you have the feeling of being like this, you know, quote unquote brand new band. But at the same time, there's also people that are, you know, like just so actively engaged with what you're doing. It's just like, wait, what do you mean you haven't heard Gleamer? Like they've been around forever, idiot. And it's just like, that's so so sick. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right, right. I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. It's cool to have people that care, you know, I I think. Yeah. That's, uh, and I, I, I like to imagine that those people kind of feel like how I do, you know, and, and that I, I hope that the music, and I think that's hopefully what people like about it, um, is that they feel to some extent understood in their circumstance, you know, and, and I feel like a lot of people like say our music's really sad, um, which I, I, there's definitely a lot of melancholy to just how I write naturally. But, you know, I, I like to think that it at the very end of what people get out of it, I hope is like is hope. You know, I hope that it's um, like a a connection and that they don't feel alone, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's you, you're, you're putting the art out there to interact with people in a real way. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Cool. Um, so as you started to, you know, once you moved back to Colorado and, and started to, you know, this started to become more of a, a band where you'd actually obviously play live and get out there and mm-hmm. tour and stuff like that. How were your first experiences with uh, touring? Like, you know, did you, uh, you know, enjoy certain aspects of it? Did you dislike certain aspects of it? Where, you know, where did you kind of sit with that? Dog, I, I, it's funny. I, I, we've been like really lucky in that, like our first DIY tour um, luckily Charlie was in the band at the time. Charlie played and wrote all the bass on moving away, which is funny cause now he's our drummer and he was our live guitar player for a tour. Um, he, he writes all the songs with me fully. Like he's so involved. Um, but having him in the band when we first started the tour, Charlie had drummed in like several other bands that had gone on like DIY tours. And obviously for us, like, the idea of landing like a actual tour was like not real. It was like that, that's not ever going to happen. So let's figure out how to make a tour happen for us. Cause some people were kind of liking moving away. Like I just put it out. I remember like uh, we recorded it in my basement and then I was like, I'm just going to release this on this date. And everyone was like, okay, cool. And then we put it out and then some people like liked it that I didn't know. And like some people in Minneapolis was kind of our first city that had like friends in. We were like, dude, there's like kids in Minneapolis that fuck with our band. That's crazy. We should like try to get there and come home. And so uh, with luckily, Charlie had some contacts. We had some other DIY contacts um, in Colorado that were so helpful, are still helpful to this day. And um basically kind of just booked the whole thing through Facebook. And then, um, yeah, like we're lucky enough to have some kind of sick turnout at like half of the shows. Like I remember we played the broke house in Minneapolis, rest in peace. Um, that was like, there were like 60 people there. We were like, dude, like not just for us, there were a couple other touring bands and like a popular local at the time. And so it was kind of like, you know, a lot of it was circumstantial, but it was just really lucky to be able to do that and I think I I felt um it was just like this is the season like I have to regardless of like any tensions I might have had about playing live it was kind of like this is where 
it was like the hunger thing. It was like, okay, this is what Gleamer has to do now. So it was kind of, you know, um, it's, it's cool for the most part. I think like we've been, like I said, really fortunate to tour with some cool bands and like, you know, we did some DIY runs like four, we did five, I think DIY runs. Um, and just slowly made friends via doing that and just like, you know, connecting with other people that it's like, if you're doing a DIY tour, you're obviously like not in it for something else. Like you have to like, clearly you fuck with music. So it's, it's kind of an open place to make a lot of friends. Um, sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's been cool, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and kind of along those same lines, like the uh, notion of, you know, the business aspect of the band, you know, the fact that, obviously working with record labels. I mean, even though, you know, you're working with friends at other people records and, you know, mm-hmm. you're managed by a person you trust and like all of that sort of stuff. But you know, how, I guess, how does the, you know, collision of art and commerce kind of sit in your head? Dude, TBH Charlie is like my hero. He is a business major and he freaking has like, he is like saved the band i think he's like so like on top of like he registered us as an llc like takes care of like tax stuff and like i don't know it's been like it's nice because i am not um i don't know i I get intimidated when having to deal with that sort of thing and obviously the band isn't it's not like this is like a super lucrative thing (laughs) um as it's not for most people you know but just having to deal with that at all is definitely like a reality of like growing a little bit you know, even if we, we literally lose money, there's still money that happened. So it's kind of like, um, I don't know. It's nice to not, I I think I'm, am I addressing the question properly? (laughs) Yeah. I think that's like, yeah, it's sort of like, you're like, I'm I'm not the business guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's like something that I feel like is very, I don't know. I've, again, I'm just, I feel like I'm just lucky to be around who I'm around. Like Charlie enjoys that. And I'm like, dude, really like you like he made this spreadsheet and was like so proud of it and i i think it's sick but i'm also i would never be in the position to want to do that so i'm like you know very thankful to have help in that area right yeah no it's good because people definitely need to uh you know kind of understand their own strengths and weaknesses and the roles that they play because you know bands end up dissolving pretty quickly when you've got two people you know, vying for that position and being like, Oh no, Dude. I'm better. It's like, Oh geez, man. How, how about you figure it out? Like it's, it's totally, or the vice versa where a person that is not good at business in any capacity whatsoever. And then, you know, is trying to run something. It's like, Oh no, don't, <laughs> you're just going to make really bad financial decisions for the band. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's a matter of, it's nice to be able to, submit even with like label stuff it's like it's cool like on this record push like i'm just like tom jesse i mean for the most part they would probably like say that i can be a pain sometimes but (laughs) for the most part i'm just like dog like do what you think makes sense like like those those new we made these like athletic gleamer sweatshirts that was like a hundred percent jesse's idea and i was like oh that's cool like let's do it you know it's like it's it's nice to like i don't know maybe get over the fact that you think you're like this genius captain of something and kind of just, you know, rely on the intelligence and, and strengths of the people around you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not every idea that comes out of your mouth is going to be golden. So yeah, you should, no way, you should, bro. Yeah. 
you should listen to other I've people. I've written some bad songs. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. luckily we didn't release them because Charlie stopped me. But, you know, it's sort of like it comes back to that. It's very like, you know, who you're who you're around. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, two last things I want to hit on before I let you go was the, yeah. uh, you know, uh, people are obviously always going to compare bands to other bands. And, you mm-hmm. know, like you were talking about just being like, oh, yeah, here's this, you know, like Gleamer is this, this, uh, you know, dream pop band or, you know, whatever, shoegaze yeah. and like all of the uh, kind of categories and then the direct comparisons that people, uh, you know, could put on you where it's just like, oh, yeah, they kind of sound like a turnover junior or whatever. Um, <laughs> right. You know, uh, do you, uh, I mean, I imagine in certain respects you don't even like, consider that whatsoever in regards to obviously your own music writing but is it one of those things that uh you know does it get does it get under your skin at all not saying that you <laughs> think not saying that you think those bands are bad but does it just be like yeah well can't you just listen to us for who we are or whatever yeah I, I i i totally see that i think i think it's fun to be compared at the end of the day it's like it's it's cool that like we even get tossed around with other bands that are, you know, way more successful than we are. Um, and I think at the end of the day, like as a, as a writer, I, you know, I definitely like, I've never set out with the intention of like sounding like, you know, we're not like, let's make this, this type beat, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's, it's sort of been, you know, just us wanting to express ourselves and, but you know, that, that being said, we're not without influence, obviously. And, um, yeah, I think I try to just be like, you know, like if somebody writes us off for that, if it's a negative thing, if somebody's like, oh, fuck, yeah, they sound like this and I love that. That's always cool with me. But if someone's like, oh, they just sound like this and I hate that, then I try to just, you know, sort of put myself in their position and be like, well, you know, I did that thing with Yuck or I just said it was dumb because I didn't want to pay attention at that time and and you know maybe they're just approaching it with their door closed you know and i think that that's also okay because maybe in a couple years they'll like us you know or maybe they never will and that's you know that's that's fine too it's like something to get used to you know sure and 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 i mean obviously from a marketing perspective people need to be able to draw comparisons in order to be like, Oh, you like this band. You'll probably like this band, right. you know, just I hate, to, yeah. yeah. I always feel bad when I feel like it's like misleading or like more stylish than we are trying to seem like, I don't know. It's like, I, we really just set out to make like a, a rock record that wasn't fashionable almost. Like I, I really didn't, <laughs> I really, I didn't want to make a record this time that felt like it was hiding behind a style I was like, let me just write the songs and we'll record them as good as possible with Will, who like, fucking God bless, he's the king. Um, That was an amazing experience. And like, I felt like we just got to like, make something normal. Like it was like, it's two guitars, bass and me, some harmonies, some percussion that Will played and then Charlie drumming. And it was like, you know, it's like a, it was a rock record. And that was kind of what we were trying to do, you know? And I think that the emotion in it is, the same as it's always been the sentiment is is very similar but it was sort of nice to to not try to make like a slow core record or a shoegaze record which we're not i feel like we're not even really you know maybe touching upon some guitar tones but it's like i just i've been listening to a lot of like jeff buckley and stuff and i'm like man this is just like good shit you know like I can just like, it just sounds cool and everything is like normal and good. And that was sort of like 
I feel like where my heart was at in making it, it was so, and Charlie too, it was like, let's just try not to be like, uh, not gimmicky, but let's try not to like pick a style and just make what feels natural, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like let, let's, uh, I mean, this is going to sound pretty pretentious, but like follow our muse, wherever that may lead us. <laughs> Bro, that makes me sound so shitty. I know. I just like, like I said, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was I just, do. I just wanted to make a normal record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get that. Um, and so the, you know, like you mentioned, you kind of, uh, you know, center your life obviously around the band and your recording stuff, you know, but uh, you, you know, do you basically like record bands from a full-time perspective or do you have, you know, like a, you know, a day job, like you work at a, a bagel shop to kind of make ends meet in between tours and recording bands and stuff like that? Or do you record full-time? Luckily, um, for the past, couple of years i i am full-time uh just producing um a band like generally well obviously right now things are like have been a little suspended but pretty much you know since i i moved home did gleamer and then did um you know recording other bands in my spare time and worked like a warehouse job for four years and then i quit about two and a half years ago and have just been producing bands since then generally people i meet through gleamer and whatever we'll have a band out you know I've, I've done three releases i mean most of the stuff i've finished recently is still just waiting to come out but did a record for a band called Grainier from minneapolis that's like we took three weeks in january and put that all together and then working with another band from la called millie and uh, a band called soft blue shimmer from la as well but like we've completed three releases up that was like through march um but yeah pretty much just like pouring i, I feel like very maybe it's just cause I've been doing the band for a long time now, but I feel very like ready to be like paternal in a sense with music. Not that I have myself on that pet on any sort of pedestal, but it's like, I just have like, a, I get true joy out of helping other people make stuff that goes like I, I want to like, I want to hear demos and be like, yo, I, I hear the heart of this. Let's make that heart like as magnificent as possible. And like, that's, that's really where like, you know, pretty much like 90% of my thoughts and effort are these days is really just like pushing into that. And then when Gleamer stuff happens, it's like this like fruitful little like walk in the garden. And then the rest of the time, it's like, it's like, let's do it. Like, this is like, I want to make something awesome with these people. So yeah, that's awesome. Sorry, no. Kind of a long winded answer. No, no, that's, that, that's cool. I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to live in a pocket where you can kind of where you can make both things work and they both feel, uh, you know, creative, not only creatively satisfying, but then, you know, make sure that you're not destitute. So it's very it's yeah. very cool. Yeah, it feels like, you know, like in a lot of senses, like with Gleamer, like especially making a record with Will, I've been looking up to him for seven years. You know, I remember when I first heard Charmer by Tiger's Jaw and I was like, yo, some guy is making sick records with small bands. I love this guy. And making a record with him and, like, you know, getting to, like, kind of step out of that role and, like, learn, humble myself and, like, be like, yo, he rocks. And, like, in a lot of senses, Gleamer has, like, expressed a lot of what I've wanted to say creatively. So, like, when I get to work with other people, it's just about, like, it's not about me at all. You know, it's so much more about, like, me taking, like being able to be a part of this like younger band, like discovering themselves and like 
that's just like it's just like a whole other part of like the beauty of it all to me it's like dog like I love grinding through that with like a group that becomes my friends you know like that's like it's just all like it's it's fun to like be a part of the family of it you know yeah well I mean it sounds like too the you know relationships that you develop with you know the other artists that you work with is is a real thing like you are you know you're not just doing this as a very kind of transactional relationship it's like no i want to get in here like you were saying i want to hear the demos i want to build this from the ground up so it's cool we go crazy i I still like text like most people in all the bands i work with like we'll just have like jokes and like it's just they're my friends you know it's like we're we're literally all trying to do the same thing and so it's like let's just like the family can expand, you know, it's like, it's fun to have like, to lean into that and to be like open to making friends through that. And like, you know, like people, there's so many people that make such amazing music that I feel like never get a chance to even record something that comes even close to what they deserve. And like, I just really like, I really want to like help that process. You know, I, I like so many of the records I do, I'm like, dude, like, I'm so glad that I get to hear this in a cool way because, like, this band deserves the royal treatment and they're so talented and, like, I I just want to listen to this record so I'm going to make it as good as I possibly can, you know? Oh, totally, yeah. It's like, this is this is great that I get a front row seat for... for, for dude, that's, that's yeah. how it feels. Yeah, it's, like, so sick. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's really, like, it's an, it's an encouraging thing and, like, it's... It all feeds into the same, the same garden that is all of music, and it helps people, you know, feel connected. And I love that. Yeah, no, that's super cool. Well, Corey, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you letting me uh, get to know you a little bit and uh, nerd out about all this, uh, you know, really, really fun metaphysical <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, thanks, Ray. Yeah, I really appreciate it. This is great. That was such a fun chat. Corey was, he, I didn't expect him to be so like, I don't know, Southern California chill bro vibe, but he totally was. And it was great. And I loved it. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, Corey, for coming on the show. And like I said, if you have not checked out Gleamer, please do it because they are such an incredible band. And next week is a, is a it's kind of a doozy of an episode for me because this is a uh, figure who has loomed large in my uh, musical upbringing and life. And uh, I was really excited to have a chat with him. Brian McTiernan from bands like uh, Battery. He plays in a band called Be Well right now. He also played in Ashes. He is also a uh, producer extraordinaire, has produced a ton and ton of records that, uh, you know, are just like seminal within our punk and hardcore community. And uh, But Battery, Battery was such a huge band for me and still is. Anytime I listen to Battery, I'm just like, oh my gosh. It, they they inspire me in so many different ways. So I had Brian McTiernan on, and we had a a gigantic chat. Like I want to say, this episode is probably going to be close to two hours. It was it was quite quite a whirlwind, but it was so much fun. So that's what we got next week. And like I always tell you, be safe, everybody. <laughs>